No my Heidi my and welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman here. Well, driving home this afternoon, how would you feel about four times as many speed cameras and the tripling of traffic tickets? Because that's the plan. That's just after four. New Zealand's population over the second half of last year grew at its fastest rate since 1946. Just in Auckland alone, 70,000 people have um, been added to Auckland's population this year. Is that sustainable? We'll talk about that. Also today, how sweetbreads became this year's sexiest ingredients. Here's an article. I can't see the appeal personally, but you might have memories of pancreas glands of cows or lambs, hearts, gizzards, tripe. Were they or are they on your table now? Text me. And the return of the song whisperer. You guess the lyrics. We play the song. Here they go. I've been to Hollywood... I've been to Redwood. What's the song? 2101 by text. You can email the panel at rnz.co.nz. In Christchurch, financial advisor uh, from Craig's Investment Partners, Jenny Morton. Welcome to the show. Kiora Wallace, how are you? Very well, thank you, Jenny. And in Auckland, Chris Clark, the CEO of Wilberforce Foundation. Chris, kia ora. Kia ora, Wallace, and hello, Jenny. Hi, Chris. Good to have you here. Now, at a recent news conference, U.S. President Joe Biden made the mistake of uh, referring to Egyptian leader Abdel Fattah al-Sisi as the president of Mexico. Reactions were mixed, ranging from memes online to outright anger, but it also inspired an article about memory we wanted to touch on today. So why do we forget or confuse things, and when is it normal? And when is it something to worry about? Lynette Tippett is professor at the University of Auckland School of Psychology and a registered clinical psychologist and neuropsychologist. Professor Tippett, welcome. Kia ora, Wallace. Uh, such an interesting article, but first, can you explain how our brains store and recall memories and information? Well, it's a very uh, complex process, actually. People think of memory as one thing, but there's actually many different types of memory and many many different processes that go on. So when we talk about memory, most people are thinking about remembering something that happened yesterday or remembering something they have to do in the future. And what forming that new memory involves is, first of all, like paying attention to information that's coming into you so that's the first step and if you're not paying attention the information's not going to go in after that it gets processed in the brain and there's a part of the brain called the hippocampus which is really important and eventually over time the um, cells have become activated uh, learn to kind of fire together and remain as a, a a permanent memory, but not always with all the details that were part of that memory being formed. And then we have to pull it back out on demand often. Um, and that's where uh, we become aware that we can't remember all those details or where we sometimes make uh, mistakes when we're retrieving those memories. Right. Now that we've got a panel with us, what about you, Ginny? I, I find this so fascinating because I have, you know, Ginny, I can recall um, key events in my life, for example, going on a special overseas trip, but I find it very hard to remember the name of the person I met just yesterday. 
Yeah, I'm I'm one of those lucky people who seems to have a very good memory. So yeah. I remember lots of things. Really? But what intrigues me about all of this is um, why is it sometimes easier to remember trivia or rubbish <laughs> and harder to remember the important things like if you're studying for an exam, you know, trying to remember facts and figures for something that you may not find as interesting. But why does the brain sort of absorb the, that, you know, pop culture stuff, if you like, or trivia more easily? Well, I, I, I don't think that's true to everyone, Jenny. <laughs> oh, okay. That, that, <laughs> oh, it's that just pop me. <laughs> culture is absorbed. But I, I would say, you know, when people are studying for exams, things like that, there's quite a high level of anxiety often. And so there are other things that might be uh, factoring in on their ability to really take in that information and, and then retrieve it on demand. And when you're in an exam, you have to remember exactly the thing you're trying to remember. And often, in other situations, you can remember bits and pieces of it, and it feels like you've got good recall in that situation. But you might, you probably are still forgetting bits and pieces, because forgetting is actually a normal part of memory and an important part of memory. Is it? An important part? Forgetting's an important part of memory? It is. I mean, if you think about it, if you remembered every little detail of every little interaction and event that you were in, your mind would be so cluttered with details <laughs> that it would, it would be hard to separate one event from another. Amazing. So forgetting, I mean, we only became aware of this really about a decade ago, but forgetting is a really important part of a good memory. Good Lord, Chris. So, Annette, I use... Um a name association, if I'm trying to remember a person's name, which is the, the thing I forget most easily, I associate them with an animal. And everyone has all sorts of different approaches for trying to remember things. What works and what doesn't work in terms of uh, trying to develop a good memory? Yes, I think those sort of mnemonic techniques, they work very well for a lot of people. And often it might be associating some kind of visual characteristic or feature, so an animal with a name or something like that, that's a very common strategy that works. So any kind of uh, association that um, can help make um, something stick more, but of course the thing that helps the most is also rehearsal. Um, so the more we rehearse something, the more likely we are to recall it. It's just so interesting. I have so many questions for you, Lynette. Would you mind if we did a part two on this? Because um, uh, quite a few questions coming through. Sure. Uh, yeah, wonderful stuff. That's Professor Lynette Tippett uh, at the University of Auckland School of Psychology. Uh, look, if you do have a question around memory, and we didn't get into the notion of when it is becoming a problem, because that's the other part of it, if you have a question for Lynette, email me the panel at rnz.co.nz and we'll try and get her back uh, next week. A uh, lot huge response for the song Whisperer. You guess the lyrics we play the song. I've been to Hollywood, I've been to Redwood, and also I asked you what sort of awful did you used to enjoy back in the day, or maybe even you do now? Uh, Grant and Hikarangi says, Pakistan Fangarai sell tripe some days, and it's $3.50 a kilo, and I eat it all the time. It's a flavour sponge. Dealt it. 
Not for me, Grant. Not for me. Anyway, text me, 2101. Ginny Morton, I've been thinking. I have been thinking about the joy of solitude. Um, I was... I had the luxury over this past weekend of being home alone. My husband went away, my son who lives with us went away, and it was just me and the dog alone at home. And it really, as soon as I sort of worked out that I was going to be a home alone, I must say I was really looking forward to it. And it's not because I don't love my family members. Sounds like it. It's not. It's because I think we spend so much of our lives connected to people all the time that we sort of forget about the how nice yeah. it can be to spend time alone. And when I was thinking about this topic and talking about this topic, I thought, oh, I'll Google it and, you know, see see if I'm right that it's, you know, okay and good to, to spend time alone. Well, there are literally screes and screes of articles saying how important alone time is. And one that I read talked about it being linked to increased happiness, better life satisfaction and improved stress management. And I've got to say, having just had the pleasure of a weekend on my own, um, it's a great way to recharge the batteries. Oh, that's it's a lovely it's a lovely sentiment actually, isn't it? Uh, uh, and I can relate to that sort of recuperating at home uh, after my operation. Mm. And one thing I would do, we've got the sort of open skies, you know, sitting on the deck in the evening, looking at the stars, man, and thinking about life. L I F E. Um, so, Jenny, I can relate. Okay, get up, Chris. I've been. Thinking So, Wallace, um, our son has just bought his first home, and it's a great big old rumpety house in Tower. Lucky in him. He's a lucky man. He's worked hard at it, saved for the last five or six years, lived like a church mouse to make it happen, but he's immensely proud of this house. Now, it's big, it's rumpety, um, and it's freeze-framed in 1973. The real estate agent said, bring your imagination to the house, which is code for, this is a big, big project. So, over oh, the last no. few weeks... Is it a teardown? No, no, it's solidly built. Okay. It's... Full of potential, but think 1973, wallpaper, kitchen, bathroom, <laughs> carpets, decor, the works. So anyway, needless to say, we're spending a lot of time, and actually a lot of his parents' money, uh, visiting hardware stores, uh, buying paint, tools, furniture, and above all, getting advice. So this, I've been thinking, is a big shout out to Norman. And Norman is at Crofton Downs Mitre 10. Because what happened is we turned up to talk to him and he gave us a masterclass in how to strip wallpaper, especially vinyl wallpaper. Now, I didn't know there's two different types of vinyl wallpaper. And uh, he taught us how to strip it and where to start and how much work would be involved. And the thing about Norman was that he took his time. He was immensely kind to us. We got no sense that he'd probably answer the same question 15 times that day. And above all, it's what he did for our son. He gave Mm. our son the sense that actually, you can do this, mate. And I want you to come back and show me some photographs of what you've done. So three, four days later, our son, I joined him, proudly went in there and showed Norman the photographs of what he'd achieved. That is the joy of the Normans Mm. and the Natalies all around Aotearoa who just are there to help us out. People, People that are generous with their time. And expertise and kindness. Stay listening tomorrow because we're going to be talking to two first homeowners at quarter past four who have struggled to get on the ladder. You're on the panel, RNZ National. We have Ginny Morton and Chris Clark. Lots to discuss, including a speeding tickets and huge amount of an increase in speed cameras. That's just after four.
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.